Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. If you want to watch the program live or on demand, as long as our friends at Facebook allow us to do this, YouTube as well. I guess, until they take us down permanently. Again, if you are a um, listener on YouTube, I encourage you to download the podcast because it is a matter of time before they permanently take us down there um, because we've talked about election integrity. <gasps> oh my goodness. Got to be stopped. Anyway, welcome to the program. I want to start today. I want to talk today about Trump's CPAC CPAC speech, and I don't know if you've seen the whole thing, if you've seen part of it, if you've uh, caught clips, but I think it was absolutely fantastic, and it's you know a reminder that we've not we've not had this for he's Trump's basically been off the scene now for what five six weeks whatever it is, and this is a force of nature that the Democrats are afraid of. They're terrified of this. They are terrified of President Donald J. Trump running and winning re-election. And it is no surprise, folks, no surprise that they fear this because he totally <laughs> – it was a, it was awesome, I thought. The, the speech was fantastic. He framed what is going on very well. He energized and spoke to the base in ways that uh, connects. I mean, it's it's just a phenomenal thing. It's an amazing thing to watch happen. And I have to tell you, as I was watching this, I was thinking, I was thinking, what must it feel like to be Joe Biden? Now, on the one hand, you can say, well, Biden can sit there and mock Trump. Biden can say, I won and you didn't. But on another hand, and don't don't doubt this, don't don't um, I guess diminish, don't diminish this part of of liberalism. But how does it feel to be Joe Biden? Because his party didn't really want him. Remember back in the primaries, um, they had what six hundred nine candidates up on stage? None of them were really doing well. Bernie Sanders was the statistical favorite to win the the nomination at one point. In fact, I think on five thirty eight, Nate Silver's group they had it at one point. I mean, the odds of him winning of Bernie Sanders winning the nomination were were quite high. I think it was I know it was over fifty percent. I think it was even in the seventies. But anyway. I could be wrong on that, but it was it was high. And the establishment part of the Democrat Party, the party that's not out and out, just re- ready and willing to, to run a, a straight socialist on the ticket, 
they got together and they said, look, we've got to figure out a way to stop this guy because there is nobody on that stage because we're splitting the support amongst um, f- from those who remain as the non-socialists as much as that exists in the Democrat Party today. But those who are not openly socialists, we've, we've got too many people split here. And so we've got to we've got to kind of coalesce. We've got to kind of circle around one candidate. And that's when the power brokers, this was after South Carolina, but before, before Super Tuesday, they began making their phone calls. The secret powers of the Democrat Party, the ones where the, that bring in the big money. And yes, there is plenty of big money in the Democrat Party, even though the talking points, the media, the talking heads would have you believe that the Republican Party is the party of big money. Of course, there's money on both sides, but the party of big money is predominantly the Democrat Party. Look at who all these corporations, look at how all these corporations begin to sing the song of the of the radical left. Who are the ones who are walking the politically correct line in today's society? Is it small business or is it corporate America? I'll leave that to you to decide. But anyway, they walk that, that line along with the, the Democrat Party. So his party didn't want him. But they realized this was the only chance that they had to stop a re-election of President Donald J. Trump. Then, once he was the nominee, America really didn't want him. Now, on the one hand, you could say that President Trump lost to, to Joe Biden. And I know there's questions people have about that. But we can't talk. We can't talk about any of that. We can't talk about any of the issues that we saw, any of the affidavits that we heard talked about in the various states in the days after the election. We can't talk about any of that. That'll get us in trouble. But it is a real concern of people. Now, the degree to which it impacted the election is another story. That is open board discussion. But the idea that nothing happened that was inappropriate in the 2020 election is patently absurd. And ignoring it only encourages more of it. Anyone with half a brain understands this. It doesn't mean that it was stolen. It doesn't mean anything other than we can't have a repeat of 2020 in a multiple way in multiple ways from the things that we had seen happen allegedly where Republicans weren't allowed you know all the, the stuff that poll workers were not allowed to to have meaningful access to counting and they were kicked out and uh, ballots allegedly have some some things happening there, some questions about those things. You you can't have that in an election. Even if it's even if none of that turns out to be the case, you can't have people thinking that. And so you got to make sure, as an elected official, that you ensure that the elections are held with the highest levels of of integrity and transparency. That we cannot have a repeat. We also cannot have a repeat of the stupidity that happened on the Capitol Hill grounds um, in January. We cannot have that as well. So, but we're not allowed to talk about this. So anyway, take that as you will. But but America didn't really want Joe Biden. Even those who voted for Biden, a big chunk of those. In fact, I believe it's even a majority from polling that I've seen, didn't so much vote for Biden. They voted against Donald J. Trump. Think about this. 
Now we've got Kamala Harris, vice president of the United States, in many capacities already acting, well, at least in some capacities, I'll be fair here, some capacities already acting as though she's president of the United States. Heck, you even heard Biden during the the campaign talk about this being a Harris-Biden administration. Remember this on multiple occasions. Kamala Harris was introduced by people during speeches calling her the next president of the United States. Now we have reports of her taking calls with, uh, with foreign leaders. And, and so it's clear that Biden's party did not want him to be president. America, even though he uh, you know, has won the, the electoral vote, Americans still were not so much voting for Biden as much as they were those who voted for Biden. They were voting against Trump. Polling tells us that. Heck, the campaign tells us that. Trump's speech yesterday talked about that. Talked about we don't even know what Biden Biden's doing things he never talked about in the campaign. Here we are just weeks into his administration. He's already doing things that he didn't tell us um, he was going to be doing. Nonetheless, I tried to raise those, Trump says, during the campaign. No one paid attention because we get a fake news media, says President Trump. So we've got his party not wanting him. We've got America not really wanting him. We've got Kamala already acting as though she is president. And we've got more Americans interested in what Trump says at CPAC than anything else Biden and his administration are doing. Now, I can hear people saying, you know, so what? Biden's president, Trump's not. And that's a very, (laughs) this is a very legitimate point. Biden has has power. Trump doesn't. Trump has influence. I'll say this. Trump has influence. I'm not sure Biden has influence. Biden has power. Trump has a group of people, and we saw many of them at the CPAC speech. Trump has a group of people that are eagerly desiring to follow him. Biden has the power. Now, power is a, power is a necessary part of uh, you know executing your your agenda, right? Is no, there's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. But Trump still has the power. The base still wants Trump. You've seen these straw polls. Almost seventy percent, or no, almost was it seventy percent? Almost seventy percent of people at CPAC wanted Trump to run for the nomination again. Fifty-five percent said that they would vote for him again, even today, if it was twenty twenty-four. Over half the people at CPAC. And if you look at the people who came in second and third, Christy Nome, uh, Ron DeSantis, I think DeSantis was second, Nome was third, I believe, in the straw poll. These are people. These are people who were um, Trump supporters. These are people that are saying and doing many of the same things that Trump was doing. In fact, Donald Trump Jr. is even on that list of people that. Um, that people at CPAC wanted to see as potential presidential candidates or nominees in 2024. And so I know that Biden has the power. I get that. I know that Biden beat Trump. I know that this is supposed to humiliate Trump, and this is supposed to be the death of Trump, and Trump's never going to be able to show his face in the light of day ever again. That's the way that this is portrayed amongst the left and amongst the Democrat Party. But let me say this, and I'm going to take a break here in a second, but let me say this. For those who don't understand 
just how much arrogance. Arrogance is a fundamental component of liberalism. It's what it means. It's, It's part of the mindset of the left. To be a part of the radical left, a fundamental aspect of that is to be arrogant. In other words, this is why they think that we need them. They believe that they must have power to basically save us from ourselves. We're a bunch of dopes, hayseed hicks, a bunch of hillbillies who have no idea what's going on on planet Earth would it not be for the likes of the radical left. And so they have to have that power, and they believe they must have it because they are better. I'm telling you right now, they believe that they are better, they are smarter, they are better equipped to make decisions, not just for this nation, but for to, to make decisions or to force you into making decisions that are best for you as well. Oh, yes, what you need to eat, what you need to drive, what you should probably wear, the words that you should say, the words that you should listen to. You see people want to ban CPAC. Trending on Twitter today is CPAC Nazis. <laughs> CPAC Nazis. P- People have no idea the words that they are talking about, what they're used, you know, the, the definitions of things. They just throw them around blindly. But the radical left, in order to be a member of the radical left, you must have a condescending arrogance. And so when you're a member of the radical left, as Biden is, look, I know that Biden's, that people try to portray Biden as some sort of a centrist, as a moderate. Just look at what he's done here in five weeks. And Trump talks about that, and we'll play some of these clips. But you look at what he's done to to the culture. You look at what he's done to the rule of law with immigration. You look at what he's done with, you know, as Trump says, no longer is it America first, it's America last. Trump talks about how he's, you know, not only did he, you know, get back and say to the the Paris Accord or to uh, the World Health Organization, he did so without even leveraging that, uh, the fact that we were out of those those things to get a better a better deal spending the most money he possibly can to do those things trump says that's stupid business practices but they are they are arrogant they are condescending and to have this much attention placed on someone who's not in the white house who holds no power believe me it keeps them it keeps them up at night it terrifies them this is why this is why you still hear folks talking not just about impeachment of President Trump, but taking up other actions to prevent him from ever running for public office again. They are terrified of the prospect of President Trump running in 2024. They are terrified. They see what connection he has to the American people, to his voter base anyway, right? Some hate him and some love him. Some believe firmly in what he's standing for and are, w- are willing to vote for him the next time he's on the ticket for anything. They'll go, they will walk through proverbial hell, my friends, to go and cast that ballot. And I think many of you fall into that category as well. So I'm going to take a quick time out. When we get back, I want to play some sound bites from last night's CPAC speech, President Donald J. Trump rallying the crowd. It was something, if you haven't seen it in its totality, I encourage you to, to do that. We'll have pedals post that. Um, I'll, I'll link here later today where you can see the entire thing, but we'll play clips of it here on the other side of the break. If you get to sit tight in the meantime, you're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. What I mentioned here, the program is brought to you in part by our friends at Spur of the Moment Creations. Spur of the Moment Creations creates hand-poured candles and melts that are made here locally in Fishers, just on the north side of Indianapolis. And for more information, to see all that you can find there, different uh, fragrances and so forth, spuroftheMomentCreations.com, spuroftheMomentCreations.com. And we'd like to thank them for helping be a part of bringing this program to you. So I want to say this really quickly too, just for, well, no, I'm going to hold that off. All right, let's get into to Trump's speech, Trump's CPAC speech. Um, this clip is a couple minutes long, so hang in there, but I think you'll find it worth it. Um, this is perhaps the part that terrifies the left the most, where he hints at running again in 2024. This is about uh, about 13, 14 so minutes into the speech uh, before he gets to this part. <laughs> and this this is the part, folks. They, they don't like some of the stuff that he says. They don't like being held accountable they don't like having someone have a big microphone exposing some of the lunacy that we're being exposed to. They don't like, again, to be exposed in these in these circumstances. But what terrifies them the most isn't any even any of those things. What terrifies them most is the prospect of President Trump running for re-election in 2024. Here is his lead-up. An announcement. I did not edit any of the cheering, applause, any of that stuff. This is all uh, the the natural response of the audience at CPAC last night. Here you go. The Biden administration is now actively expediting the admission of illegal migrants, enabling them to lodge frivolous asylum claims and admitting them by the thousands and thousands and thousands a day crowded together in unsanitary conditions despite the ongoing economic and public health crisis, COVID-19, or as I call it, the China virus. There's no masks. There's no double masks. That was a new one that came out two weeks ago. First, Fauci said, you don't need masks, no masks, no good, no, no. Then all of a sudden he wanted me. Now he wants double masks. No social distancing, no nothing, no nothing. They're together, and it's sad, actually, and it's sad for them, and it's sad for our country. What the Biden administration is doing to push young migrants into the hands of human traffickers and coyotes is dangerous, immoral, and indefensible. Hard to believe it's happening. Biden has failed in his number one duty as chief executive, enforcing America's laws. This alone should be reason enough for Democrats to suffer withering losses in the midterms and to lose the White House decisively four years from now. Crowd's already anticipating here. Feet chanting USA. (laughs) 
four more years. Actually, as you know, they just lost the White House, but it's one of those. Uh oh. Better take this down. But Twitter, who knows? YouTube. Who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay? <laughs> oh, they love it. Standing, applauding, jumping. And folks, that is that is what they fear most. They fear a 20... I, did, I cut off the cheering. The cheering goes on for some time. Again, as I said last segment, 55% of people at CPAC would vote for President Trump in 2024 if they were given the chance to do so today. 70 or 68%, I think it was, near 70% wanted to at least see him run for the nomination. Those that were not named Trump not named Trump uh, in as people that uh, you know the participants of the attendance at CPAC could would like to see run for president those not named Trump that they wanted to see potentially as president included people that were Trump supporters like Ron DeSantis Christy Nome didn't see Mitt Romney up there I didn't see Adam Kinzinger up there Liz Cheney didn't see any of their names talk about people that have alienated their base they have done so in a mighty and dramatic dramatic way but this is what the left fears and this speech i'm telling you was if you haven't seen it i encourage you to watch it as much as you can in its entirety because it was good it again it compares and contrasts you know it's, it's easy to quickly get caught up into the new narrative into the new reality into the new way that a president is treated into the new way that you know, executive orders are being written left and right um, that have undone what the what was put into place. As much as executive orders can do that, from the previous administration, we had a president that was embracing things that conservatives have been clamoring for my entire life. And some of those folks, some of those folks, even though they were seeing conservative principles and values as far as legislation was concerned could not see past the man who was out there fighting and articulating for them and he wasn't doing so in an ideological sense he was doing so from a common sense perspective as a from a perspective of how you would run just your business or your everyday life it doesn't make sense to do this or that or spend this money for that or why are we giving so much money to the world health organization or why are we on the hook for so much more than at the Paris Climate Accords? Why does China get to do some things and we don't, uh, and we've got to basically pay for that? Why are we more accountable? Why are we carrying the burden of effectively the whole world in some instances? Why, why, why? Democrats get into office. It's all about getting things back to normal, not asking those questions, basically paying people as much as they want to be a part of whatever they tell us that we should do, foreign countries, groups like the WHO, what have you. Um, it's about, it's about you know, just getting, this is how they say America's image is, is reinstated in the world today by going back to the same stupid, broken ways. And you see this on, on display in so many ways, right? You see people that are now flocking to the southern border because they believe they're going to be able to get into this country via catch and release or whatever. They're going to be uh, determined to be citizens at some point. 
People believe this, and so they're flocking here. And I don't blame people for wanting to be here. In fact, what's interesting to me is if you listen to the way that the left describes this country, I cannot understand why one person would want to come here if you saw this country through the eyes of the radical left. Yet people flock here because of what this nation was founded upon, even though people don't always understand that. People don't understand that who live here. People just, you know, this is our reality. But our reality is our reality because of the sacrifices that were made by those that that had gone before us. The belief in liberty, the belief that we are citizens and not subjects, the belief that we are created in the image of God and that we have our own rights, and those rights are not given to us by government. The ability to make our own decisions and choices and to live accordance with our own conscience. But those things are all under assault today because of Biden, because of Democrats in the House of Representatives, because of Democrats in the Senate, and dare I say because of Republicans as well. Weak-kneed Republicans who are afraid to stand up for principle, some that have watered down their messaging so much that they just as well may be Democrats themselves. And I've got to take a time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, last night in his speech, Trump hit at the preferred way that Democrats prepare or uh, I guess Democrats prefer, I should say, to to legislate, to create new laws and so forth. And that is via executive order. It's amazing. It's amazing to me when you look at this Congress, although they did this pass, you see this, they just passed the uh, legislation for. COVID relief. Again, relief package number 609, I believe we're on now. Average average American family, $1,400 per person. If you make, I think it's under $150,000 married. $1,400 per person, including dependents, including now not just minor dependents, but adult dependents as well. So a family of four, uh, an average family of four making, I think, under $150,000 will get uh, $5,600 from this if this passes the Senate, which I believe that it will. It's it's hard to say because it just takes a vote or two to make a difference now. But anyway, they don't prefer – they don't like to do the legislation because of all this. A, it puts those folks on the record. B, um, there's just a couple of votes that can decide this. They don't like to do that. They like to rule by fiat. This Again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. They think that they're smarter than the rest of us. Why should they even have to get a majority? They should just have the right to tell the rest of us what to do, and we should shut up and get in line, fall into place. President Trump yesterday at CPAC talking about some of Biden's orders and questioning why none of this was discussed. Of course, we all know why, but pointing out the absurdity here that none of this was discussed prior to the election in November. Here he is. Border security is just one of the many issues on which the new administration has already betrayed the American people. He didn't talk about this stuff. I debated him. He wasn't talking about this. He wasn't what he signed with those executive orders. They weren't things that were discussed. We didn't know all about him and the press because they're fake news. They're the biggest fakers there are. But the press refused to ask the questions. 
And when I asked the questions on television, on the debate, Chris Wallace, in this case, and others, refused to let him answer. They refused to let him answer the questions. Maybe we could have found something, or if the media did its job, which they don't. Their callous indifference to working families is equally clear when it comes to the critical matter of getting America's children back to school. I don't want to get to that just yet. The the getting back to school situation, that's a separate topic. He was flowing from one to the other, but he's right here. He's right here. There were no questions. In fact, Biden Biden hid in his basement. It sounds made up, but it is absolutely 100% true. Biden hid in his basement during the campaign. Historians are going to look back at this election and they're going to think what on earth did the American people allow to happen here? Now, on the one hand, you could say Biden's been in Washington, D.C. for nearly half a century. So Americans should know what they're getting. And we talked about Biden prior to the election. We talked about what he believed, who he really was. We talked about the idea that Biden's just this gentle, old, kind, grandfatherly figure versus, look, folks, Biden, throughout his political history, Biden was not a high-quality kind of guy. I mean, you can go back through and even look at his previous presidential runs. There's a lot of things. I don't want to get into those at the moment. I don't want to get into those. But he's like the typical politician in a lot of ways. He's a lifetimer. Part of Does part of you not wonder how someone can survive in the D.C. environment for 50 years? 50 years. Trump calls it the swamp. You know that it is a filthy, disgusting place that we've allowed to fester and to become this mess, this disaster, this out-of-control, just cancerous part of the American society. That's what Washington, D.C. has has become. He's been a part of that for 50 years, nearly half a century, not quite, but darn close, really, really close. So on the one hand, you could say Americans should know but the fo- folks, people have been protecting the radical left and Democrats their, their entire existence. The average person doesn't know the things that Biden really wants to do or the people in his administration really want to do. Look at the nominees he's making. Javier Becerra, he is a radical, radical pro-communist leftist. Javier Becerra is, wouldn't even speak out against the ills that the Cuban dictator, Fidel Castro, placed upon his people, wouldn't even call for free elections, fair elections. I mean, these seem to be obviously straightforward and simple things to do, but this was back when he was a member of the House of Representatives in the late 90s. But look at what he did to the state of California. Now, there's plenty of people with proverbial blood on their hands in the state of California, the People's Republic of California. But this is, you know, on the one hand, we should have known, but the average person didn't know because, candidly, for many people who cast their votes in the 2020 election, not people that listen to this show, not people who follow this stuff, a lot of people had no idea. Joe Biden hid in his basement. When he did go out, he stood up in front of, you know, 50 cars in a parking lot. Occasionally, people would honk when. They thought he said something that was good. I still maintain the theory that that's people dozing off and their head hitting the steering wheel, if I'm being quite honest. 
But this is the reality that we had in the 2020 election. Trump says, we didn't even talk about these things. We didn't talk about opening the border. You wouldn't let me, Chris Wallace. And did you hear, by the way, the crowd's reaction to that? Make no mistake, that was a that was them thumbing their nose at Fox News in general. Folks are not happy in the conservative movement with Fox News. That's why many people have flocked to Newsmax, OAN, other, other news outlets anyway. But this is Biden's, again, Biden's preferred way of dealing with um, governance. The left's preferred way is through executive order. Actually, their preferred way is through the courts. If they can have the court declare something to be constitutional or unconstitutional, it prevents them from even having to have one person as president of the United States to issue an executive order against it. But they definitely don't want to run in 2022 on this radical agenda, but folks, they're going to have to. They're going to have to, and it's going to be a political bloodbath, metaphorically, metaphorically. Don't want anyone out there to think that we're calling for riots or sending coded messages for someone to do something violently here. This is political speech and debate and the exchange of ideas, but this this record is going to be tough to uh, tough to run on here in two years. But I've got to take a break. Log in the segment. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. There's so many things I want to get to in Trump's speech, but again, this is only uh, – we don't have endless time here. But one of the things I wanted to get to that I, I alluded to earlier – I alluded to earlier was this discussion, and I think this is maybe an, um, an overlooked, generally speaking, advantage. There's so many, it's maybe hard to keep count, but an overlooked advantage of the Trump administration over a Biden administration or candidly over most other administrations are – the negotiating abilities and and just just how stupid some of the things this country has done and is now doing again, just how stupid those things are. This is Trump talking about the Iran deal and about the uh, Paris Climate Accords, if, if we can get to that part in the clip as well. But this is – I want to see four years of this. I want to see four years of President Trump – in real time, criticizing how stupid with insider knowledge, examples, just someone who's been there can say, this is why this is really stupid. I think that this would expose some of the things to some of the people. Here's President Trump doing just that. The new administration unilaterally withdrew our crippling sanctions on Iran, foolishly giving away all of America's leverage before negotiations have even begun. Leave the sanctions negotiate. Does anybody understand what I'm saying here? Right. Are there any good business people? You don't have to be a good. Are there any bad business people? They took off the sanctions. They took off the sanctions. They said, well, we're going to not have any sanctions. Let's negotiate a deal. I don't know, Matt Schlapp. I don't think you would have done that. Do you think so, Matt? I don't think so. Mercedes wouldn't have. <laughs> no, you do that. You make a deal, and then you do what they wanted. I, I will tell you something, and I said it. Had we had a fair election, the results would have been much different, and we would have had a deal. We would have had a deal with Iran within the first week. 
They wanted those sanctions off. He took them off for nothing, for nothing. Now you watch how tough they negotiate. In another horrendous surrender, he agreed to get back into the World Health Organization for approximately $500 million a year, which is what we were paying. When I withdrew from the WHO, and you know the whole story with that, they called it badly. They really are puppets for China. They called and they wanted us to stay in. I said, how much are we paying? Approximately $500 million. How much is China paying? A much larger in terms of population country. Sir, they're paying $39 million. I said, why are we paying $500 million and they're paying 39 I could tell you why. Because the people that made the deal are stupid. That's why. So, so, and I had no idea how popular it was. I didn't even know if I would be able to politically because people were so happy when I did get out. But I said, so we went in. We could get it for 39 million, which is what China, not 500 million, which is what we were stupidly paying. And they said, we can make a deal. We want you to go in. We can make a deal. Okay. And I did, I decided not to do it. We could have had it for 39. We could have had it for the same. And now Biden's going for 500 million is the point. Got to go. Long in the segment. So Ty, come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Yeah, I'm hoping to have four years of this, four years of President Trump basically riding alongside with what is happening in this nation through this administration, through the Senate, through the House. Hopefully there's two years in the House and Senate with Republicans hopefully being able to regain majorities in those. But for two, two years of this, four years of this until Trump possibly may run again, him exposing in real time just how stupid the things are that we are being uh, that we are being treated to by this administration and by the radical left. I love this speech. It demonstrates all the reasons that folks desire a President Donald J. Trump, but I've got to go. I've got to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.